You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the Brand Builders Podcast brought to you by the Dunstan Group. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are also here with Rachel Sheeran, uh, who is a... What I would say, this is a, a very creative person who can sell and make your team sell. Um, she's someone that would describe herself as a punk, hardcore, metal, music-loving, um, somebody that could really kick ass, and she's a speaker, motivator, sales consultant. She really does it all. Um, if I had to describe her, it would be like a double Red Bull vodka, full of energy, humor, and motivation. Um, seriously, Rachel, I have a lot of energy, and I felt like I needed to wear a seatbelt just to read through your website, and uh, I did get to sit through one of your seminars, and I thought it was awesome and thought you had a really cool story and a unique way to motivate sales teams. So we're really excited to have you here, uh, and welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thanks. I really appreciate you guys having me. Rachel, good morning. Great introduction, Brian. Uh, I'm tired from listening to it. <laughs> Brian uh, works PR for me on the side. That was a paid endorsement. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Rachel, and investing a few minutes with us this morning. So tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into sales consulting and the motivation speaking business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I am a, I'm an almost Charlotte native. I moved here in elementary school, and so I'd always really... Um, kind of had that gift of gab that I think a lot of salespeople listening or people who know salespeople might understand. But um, long story short is, you know, I was working as a leader. I was uh, in sales. I was, you know, director of sales uh, here at a local company. And I think like a lot of people, I loved what I did until all of a sudden I really didn't love what I did. And I wasn't loving trading my time for a big paycheck, uh, a bigger paycheck than I thought I could ever have. And uh, you know, I think right now, and you know, all of us have a memory of the recession. I graduated from UNC Charlotte, go Niners in 08. And I graduated right into the, the cusp of the recession. You know, I got a job and two months later, they were like, about that job. <laughs> sorry about that. So sorry. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think we, we all have this idea of the fear of employment and it's so fresh and we've seen people's lives altered, lives changed, uh, you know, it depends on your perspective, lives ruined. And in this idea of got to keep a job, got to keep a job, I said, screw that, F that, I can't do it. And I was newly married and my husband, God bless him, uh, you know, it was every day, I don't know what's going on with me. I've always been a really high performer. I love work, love my team, love achieving, love going bigger, making more. You know, it, it was all going so well. And why did I all of a sudden hate it? Well, uh, I don't know. I walked into a therapist's office after I quit and I said, I'm a workaholic and I, I need help. And so long story short is I took some time off. And as I started to really get back to the person I was, you know, that a person I was proud of, person that sung in the shower, admittedly really off key, um, <laughs> I, I started realizing, you know, my network came to me and started asking me for help. And the help that they were asking me for was selling help. Uh, it, they didn't say that exactly, but... I am really, really blessed. I am a, I would say I'm a not creative person. So thanks, Brian. I really appreciate that endorsement. But, you know, I, I'm, I know creative people. My husband's a writer. Uh, my best friend uh, runs a record label. She's in bands. She's also a medical researcher. Uh, best friends, photographers, wedding planners, um, graphic designers, illustrators. And so here I was saying, I've always been really unapologetic about making money. I love money because money's freedom. Like, you know, I call it F you money. I want money to say F you to a boss, F you to a location, F you to a, you know, if I don't want to do it, that's where F you money really comes in handy. <laughs> and 
I think that energy was attractive to them. And to me, them succeeding made the world better instantly. You know, I don't know anyone who's ever said, oh, the salesperson changed my life. But I know exactly the responses that, you know, uh, my friends, uh, Jeremy and Debbie, they own a photography company locally. And the tears that they get, even before they're done, I mean, they change people's lives. And so I realized that what I was really passionate about specifically was helping creatives. When creatives succeed, especially women, when women creatives succeed, everyone is better. You know, that old saying, happy wife, happy life. While I don't love it, I know why. And it's, and it's not related to you guys. You know, you guys making us happy, that's awesome. And I love that. But it's really about when women are happy, successful, fulfilled, creative. They can move mountains. They affect your children. They affect your day. They affect communities. Every, I mean, they can turn the temperature up in a room. They can turn it way down. And I think that, you know, to me, what I discovered on my path was that when I help people who are creative, be successful, give them the breathing room financially to uh, breathe, be creative. I mean, creative people would be great millionaires. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, it's the truth. So that's where I kind of started going off and running. And uh, it was funny. I was I'm definitely a big podcast person, so I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Mm -hmm. um, and it was one of those things where I started toying around with coaching, and that's where I got involved, uh, you know, realizing that people would pay money and that I could set them up with systems that would just return investment immediately. So the, the first person I ever worked with, I'll remember it so distinctly, she just wanted to get out of $10,000 worth of credit card debt and take her kids on a Disney cruise without her parents because they had paid for everything. And she was debt-free and went on a Christmas cruise that Christmas. That's so awesome. it's four months in. I was like, oh, maybe I can change the world too. Mm -hmm. So it was awesome. You and you mentioned in this, our stories are very similar. Um, I graduated in December of 2007, same thing in the recession. It was like, just get a job. And, and I remember my professor, I was a sports management major. He said, you're not going to get a job in sports, but if you can sell, you can get a job in anything. And I think that's really kind of been the driver behind my, my life. But I also got the opportunity to work for two women for four and a half years and learned a lot, but then left that career. And the money was there, but the passion wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so get, tell us a little bit about kind of, when you make that step, how difficult it is, how you get comfortable oh. in not only your salary in what you're doing that you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to make that career change. And if you're a salesperson, if you can sell and you're creative, you can sell anything. So tell us like what I'm just interested to hear your thought because I did the same thing and I'm, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Um, two and a half years later, I'm like, I'm on this podcast. I love it. You know totally. what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Well, it's like started from the bottom. Now we're here. Right. Because there's um there's a great quote called uh, from uh, St. John of the Cross, and he calls it the dark night of the soul when you're lost and you're looking and you're just wandering around. And for people, especially high performers, which I that's like my niche that I love to work with. If you are like kicking ass, taking names, you love it. You're unapologetic about it and you just need some help, that's where I'm like, yes, I can totally help you with my superpower. But when it came time to quit and say goodbye to everything, great title, six figures, uh, pride of my family. I'm the oldest in a big Catholic family, so, you know, I'm the boss. My brother and sister <laughs> listening, you know I'm bossy. Um, and I'm right most of the time. Uh, it was a total departure from everyone and everything that I thought I was. 
you know, I, I, from the outside, it was great. I just got married. I was an award-winning, you know, Charlatan of the Year nominee, Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, uh, you know, associations on the boards, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, nobody tells you when you get to the top, what the hell? Mm-hmm. What, what's it for? And then additionally, the definition of success. I'm so passionate about this. We know the American dream is BS. And yet we can't separate our emotions from it. You know, it, it's supposed to be like the AT&T bars. Go to school. Uh, get good grades. Graduate high school. Go to college. Uh, you know, get an internship. Graduate. Get a good job. Get a promotion. Get a car. Get a wife. Get a house. Like, it's all. That's what society expects. That right? it, yeah. But we know it's not linear, and yet we're holding ourselves to this mirage. And so high performers, I think we're all united in this idea of, if not this, then what? And that dark night of the soul was a searching around for, then what? And being on the other side of it, I mean, it's definitely, there was definitely a lot of um, craft beer. We love craft beer in my family. So it's definitely a lot of beer. There was a lot of sleeping. There was a lot of Oh, God. And there was, I think, to anyone listening, you know, if they're going through this whole, like, you know, I call it burnout. You know, burnout's when joy goes out of your work. And when it leaves and it goes out, what do you do with that? And most people change one thing. They might change their team. They might change their employer. They might change their city that they're doing it in. And blame it on outside uh, influences. Uh, You got to go in. Because that stuff's going to catch up with you later on. And I think being on the other side of it is amazing. But going through it, man, you got to be really vulnerable. And for high-performing people, uh, you know, I'm talking about this at Ignite Charlotte 8, uh, May 17th, Grace on Brevard. What I'm really talking about is, is that fear of if not this, then what? And also that fear of not being perfect because high performers, we know we're not perfect, but we always get it done before anybody notices. And when you're burned out, when you're rebuilding yourself, I think that's the one time you really have to slow down and not rush it. Because like you said, in sales, you can find a job tomorrow. I could, we could walk into Verizon tomorrow. In selling, it's so cool because if you think about selling is really just advocating. And we all advocate all the time. We go out on a first date with somebody. That's a sale. I want you to like me. I want I want to like you. You know, we're we're transferring. Getting get you know, getting what you want in life is a sale. We're selling all the time. It's when we put money into the equation that things get weird. And so when I realized I was doing a good job selling myself on a life I wasn't really thrilled with, going by other people's definitions of success, I started to get real clear on what I thought success was. And I know you guys know what I think success is because I was part of the program you guys attended. That's fantastic. And one of the things that you mentioned earlier um, was that you you really focus your business towards the female clientele. And in this day and age with, you know, Girl Boss and Me Too and, and things that, that are holding women back in our economy, what are you think? And I guess right now, what is the best um, advice you have for women and how can you encourage them in business when it comes to sales or just comes to whatever they want to do? If you don't ask, you never get. One of the things I talk a lot with my coaching clients about is their uncomfortableness, oftentimes around asking for what they want. Uh, I'll share an antidote from my own life. Uh, It took probably eight years into my relationship with my husband for me to make a meal that he didn't like. It was stuffed green peppers, and I'll never forget. He goes, I don't really like stuffed green peppers. And I said, 
uh, yeah, I like it. Like, <laughs> you never, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, we do share a lot of the same culinary tastes. But I was just really feeling for, it's a meal my mom makes. And I was just really, really feeling for her and, and really just wanted some of that. And I think for women business owners, if you do not ask, you never get. And so part of the exercise I do, back to that coaching, is I give them five tasks to ask for help with. Like when the people at Harris Teeter say, do you need any help to your car? High-performing women especially are like, no, I'm good. They would rather carry 17 bags and make one trip than ever ask for help ever accept the help and here's the thing it it feels just as good to give help as it does to receive and if you can receive that help with grace I think the girl boss stuff I love that stuff that really feeds a competitive side of me but I also think that a lot of creatives specifically they're not competitive they're very individualistic they very they're respecting of their craft and they know that they're on their own island and so when it comes to that entrepreneurship, I mean, you guys know small business, it can feel really isolating. And what about when you're isolated in a world that doesn't really, there's no book for that, you know, there's no networking group for that. Um, there's not a lot of education out there specifically for creatives. I mean, who, who would ever put together a sales training program for people who don't want to sell? Uh, me, but that's it. I think, you know, it, salespeople are, you know, typically so gregarious, but it's only because they ask. And when you ask for something, that mojo and that momentum, I mean, we all know those days where we're just, everything's going right and it's great. I think the universe really supports when you ask. They're like, oh, all right, look at Scott over there taking charge. And good things start falling into line. And I think that a lot of times women maybe miss the boat a little bit, especially being a woman in the South. You know, I think I think stereotypes be what they may. I think that they die hard. You know, I once had a guy that I dated. He was from South Carolina. And at dinner, I knew it wasn't going to work when his mother looked across the table and goes, man, you have too many opinions for a woman. Uh, and, that and, was it. And then, Check, please. And he agreed. I'll pay for it. And he agreed. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What do you find? Like, you know, we have we're in the creative world too we know a lot of creative folks i i tend to think they struggle with entrepreneurship and business even they're very very good at their craft but taking that craft to market and and running a business well and developing a business plan and abiding by that still doing their creative i think is very challenging so what do you what would your advice be to that person uh, that's that, say a jewelry designer that has such a phenomenal line but he or she can't quite get it out there um i would say to, e probably edit yourself and your friend group very meticulously during those first few years i think one of the things that creatives have that's stronger than most people is first of all they're really courageous because even putting themselves out there i mean hell i put stuff out there that is under a company name of companies i have worked for that is yes it's me but it's really them. And when you think about a creative, I mean, a painter, a jewelry maker, like you're, you're saying, that is their work put out for the world to criticize. I mean, right. I mean, Beyonce gets criticized and Beyonce's freaking perfect. I mean, <laughs> Beychella. Um, I, I think that surrounding yourself with people that don't feed the fears and, and don't um, that really are waving, I call it a foam finger, you know, that number one fan kind of thing. I think filling your world with those kind of voices because creatives have a lot of self-doubt anyway. 
they might be very confident in what they do, but they might not, um, they might not think the world understands. And I think that that, that pivotal point that, you know, first year, second year, third year of entrepreneurship, you know, I work a lot with people in the sophomore slump, you know, mm-hmm. first year you got some good mojo, everybody's supporting, everybody's liking, everybody's buying. And then you f- actually have to sell that second year. There's <laughs> a spoiler alert for anybody listening. I, I think that's when the self-doubt creeps in because you don't want to do it or you're not sure how to do it. And I would say, you know, find yourself a team of people or at least somebody that you can always call. And if I call you and I say, Scott, listen, I, I just don't know. You're going to remind me how far I've come. You're going to remind me why I deserve this just as much as anybody else. You're, you're going to remind me the blood, the sweat, the tears, more blood, more sweat, more tears that have gotten me here. And then you're going to tell me why it would be a shame. It, I would make the world worse if I quit now. And I think that for creatives, when they quit and become an admin at Bank of America, no offense to Bank of America, thank you for choosing our city <laughs> especially if you're sponsoring this podcast um, <laughs> maybe one day yeah. sponsored by bank of america yeah. <laughs> hey maybe we should just ask yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, I think there's a pitch gonna happen after this I, I think that every time a creative goes and says i just can't or i i don't want to and and they're fatigued like that and then they go and get a job everyone is worse for it the world is less beautiful you know, you, you never know who you're going to inspire by just being yourself. You know, I, one of the reasons I love keynote speaking is I was I attend a conference. I love learning. Learning is amazing. The Internet is awesome for this. And I just am so thankful I'm born right now and living in this time. And I was in the session and it was about PR um, for wedding and event professionals. So as I'm sitting there, I'm watching this woman speak. Her name's Megan and she runs a PR company in Richmond. And I just looked at her and I thought. I wish I could do that. And in my dark night of the soul, I thought of Megan and how I had wished I had been her. So I picked up the phone and I asked Megan, can I meet with you? If I come to Richmond, will you, will you give me an hour of time? She gave me a day of her time. And she, you know, really shared with me how she had started her business, how she had done it with a part-time job. She, she had experienced burnout as well, like Brian and I, and just, um, she was amazing. And she was my person that at the end of the day, you know, she, I could always call her and say, uh, Megan, you know, I got rejected from this conference. I, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. She'd be like, look, look, you just, you just went and had an in and out burger in San Jose, California, cause Silicon Valley paid you to come out and speak. So who cares about the conference? Oops. You're right. And I needed it. And so now two years into business, I'm really glad I, I have a, a crew that I know I can really rely on. Um, and on the flip side of that, there's some other people that will be fearful and push their fears onto you in the name of protecting you. Please limit your conversations with them. <laughs> All right. The, the world's got enough fear. You've got enough fear. Just find some cheerleaders. I think that's awesome. And, um, we have a we've had a couple other people on our podcast that have talked about things like that and Court Creedon, um, who's created his own book. Um, and it, I think it, the, the unique thing, especially in this world with social media, and you talk about how it's awesome to grow up in this time, but there is so much negativity to to have that core group that can support you. But I think also from women, this has enabled them to be able to do whatever they want. So the creatives now have an outlet through Instagram, through social media platforms, where something that maybe they wouldn't be able to turn into a business, they now can. So someone like that, like what is your advice from 
pushing more into like the from a sales aspect from like an IT and social media to being more of like a personal and a personal relationship and selling face to face. Where do you think that's going to go? Because in our world, we really sell on that relationship, right? Like that is our entire bread, bread right there. Like that's what we do. So do you think like as technology takes over, where's the fine line? right there between that and what would be your advice on someone yeah I would say it always comes back to relationships and I know you guys are nodding your head because yeah. yeah it is and I think it's about it's a mix of relationships and asking it's asking to take your favorite clients the clients that rave about you the clients you've done an amazing job for and ask them to refer you if you don't ask you don't get right so it goes back to that. I think that even online, I think that people are getting more sensitive to real versus scripted. So I love watching real brands like your podcast. When I listened, uh, I loved emailing with DC because I was like, DC, what's the agenda? And he's like, no, it's just a conversation, <laughs> which I I love. It's very it it's very authentic, you know, but I think that's that's the trend for it. And I think overthinking, you know, a lot of times people hesitate to ask or wait till it's perfect. Don't wait till it's perfect. Just do. Because what I started out, it, it, you know, what I started out in my business has changed. What I started out in my relationship has changed. What my starting weight has changed, right? Everything changes. Everything always morphs into something different. And it's the stuff you pick up along the way. But if you don't do, you don't learn. And I think there's no, there's no replacement for that experience. But I would say with building relationships is to be honest, to engage, and to pick a lane. You know, be as niched as humanly possible. You know, I, I, I see people all the time. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I have a brand. I'm like, well, who's your brand for? And they're like, men. <laughs> okay, tell me about these men. And they're like, U.S. I'm like, nope, we're going to have to go deeper, right? <laughs> I'm like, let's let's really think about this. Because here's the thing. If you go for the, all the men in the U.S., there's probably like, I don't know, 100 million. I, I'm bad with numbers and geography, so forgive me. But, you know, let's say there's 100 million men. Well, if you just take the men in Charlotte, we're down to 500,000 men, 600,000 men. Then you take the men working in banking in Charlotte, probably about 200,000. So that campaign is a lot more effective. Those engagements are a lot more effective. Asking your friends and your family for you know networking and referrals is pivotal too. When you start a business, make it exactly clear on what you are doing and who you are trying to reach. Nobody can help you if you're like, Scott, hey, do you know anybody um, like hosting a conference or having a meeting? And you're like, every day. For what? <laughs> <laughs> every yeah. damn day. I, but if I ask you, Scott, listen, I'm looking for people who own hotel chains and managements, and I'm looking for the director of sales here in the Charlotte area. And you're like, oh, I know a guy. Yeah, we all know a guy, but you have to ask. You have to get really, really specific with it. And then once you find people that are raving about you, incentivize them to share you to find you other people that that's i think one of the keys about being creative being creative doesn't mean you have to sell being creative is when you advocate for yourself and you take the passion you have for what you do and you're able to talk about it and transfer it to somebody else because you know i'm a referral machine my big loud mouth holy moly I, you can't get onto an elevator with me without me being like Mm, that's a nice perfume. What is that? And then someone's like, oh, it's Dior. And I'm like, where'd you buy it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Nordstrom's got you. I love that bracelet. Where'd you buy it? Oh, I, I got this um, at uh, Laura James Jewelry. It, 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 people get activated by the things that they love. Give them a reason to be activated. It 
love that. It's magical. Yeah. It's magical. We yeah. went to a, um, a sales seminar and the guy to, to talk about networking and how you can help someone. And it was really unique because he said, it's not like, tell me about your business and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was okay. If I walked into this room, what should I look for? And if I saw that, I would know that your company was a good resource or your company could fix that or your company could assist with that. So it's more about learning and asking about your friends, your network, their brands, understanding what their company does, but really just understanding what you have to look for. You don't need to know what they truly do. You just need to know what to look for. And when you can, then you can make that um, connection. So to play off what you just said, I think that's perfect. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll share the best networking advice I ever got was when you meet somebody, you say, and how did you get started? Because it always invites a story. And the power story, you know, when you think about it, it's like, you know, Scott, are you married? No, I'm not. You're not married. I'm engaged. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, how, thank you. Uh, how did you guys meet? We met. Oh, okay, man, so, see that, so see, that's a story, yeah. right? And if you were in the studio with a Scott's demeanor, just was like, oh, because it's either funny or it's happy or it's a little bit sad or it's all. And, and it's emotional. And that's personal. And at networking events, to back off of your point, uh, Brian, I think it's so cool because to be human at networking events and to leave the sales stuff in the back of your mind, you know, we're all, we all do a bad job of faking it, guys. So let's just be authentic at networking events, which is why at networking events, you always catch me. I'll be like, aloha. And people are like, the shit uh, can, oops I'm oh, sorry you can I'm sorry you can say whatever you want <laughs> okay perfect but yeah. I've had somebody go what the shit and yeah. I go uh yeah I'm not from Hawaii I just love the vibe <laughs> and so that's you know it's being a little memorable it's just I'm weird like that I'm, I'm oddly positive so why not have a greeting that's like that that's the same thing with look at, at a culture of an environment like 10 years ago I had to wear a suit to work every single day I, I'm not wearing a suit exactly we have exactly so that's like, I'm saying this as you guys are looking at her outfit as she's showing me, but she's wearing Nike tennis shoes and a with, a, with a blazer yeah. and it's, <laughs> and but that's you. I do what I want. Right. And, and, and that's you. And Boss. I think if you, yep. it's all about being authentic, right? Like no one, you don't have to play this like, oh, and send some sappy email that's just, thank you. Blah, blah. It's just like, be yourself, mm -hmm. you know, use the terminology and the words that you would use. If you are, they're going to believe and love you and want to buy from mm -hmm. you. And if you don't love me, if I'm not your shot of tequila. <laughs> Thank you. Good. <laughs> Clear out some space for the people that are like, Rachel, Rachel. Yeah. So that's a that's a big positive. That's, I like that. Not everybody's your client. Yeah. And good. Good. It, somebody recently told me, and this was a game changer, when you're looking at your friends or your clients, think about it in terms of a date. And if you would have broken up with them, what are you doing with them in your life? And I was like, oh, great point. Wow. Great point. When you think about it in that, you would have dumped somebody years ago. Well, they usually suck all the energy out of you, and then you can't focus on the ones who really appreciate the value you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it is annoying. About to go dump some people. Yes. Yeah, dump them and tag me, Rachel Be, Sheeran. Dump alert. You're on alert. You might get dumped. Rachel told me to dump you, so sorry. So, yeah, That's, I'm out of here. Yeah. Well, Rachel, no we, really, we really appreciate you coming on. It, it, I've always enjoyed your time it's so enlightening and exciting and everything and it's kind of like me we have very similar um i don't know tendencies but tell us a little bit more about how people can get in touch with you um if they're interested in, in you coming and speaking to their group so tell us websites and, and all that stuff so we can get in contact with you totally uh you guys can check me out at rachel that's r-a-c-h-e-l sheeran s-h-e-e -E 
R-A-N.com. Uh, I am on Facebook, Rachel Sheeran Speaks. I am, uh, I, I tend to do email. I mean, Instagram, if you want to follow me, I have a really cute dog. It's Rachel.Sheeran. And then, um, uh, like I mentioned, I'll be speaking at Ignite Charlotte 8. That's uh, May 17th at Grayson Brevard. If you're in Seattle, I'm speaking out there May uh, 7th. And if you're in Barcelona, Spain, uh, you will be, you can come and check me out. I'll get you free tickets to the Professional Women's Network of Barcelona. I'm speaking over there uh, at the end of May. Do you need any coworkers for that event? You know what? I think I'm all booked up with my team, but I appreciate that, Brian. Put me on the waiting list. Yeah, absolutely. I will. (laughs) Thank you so much, Rachel. You have a great story and we appreciate your energy. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.